Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Get on the WrenchNation.tv. Last week, YouTuber Scotty Kilmer shared uh, his journey on YouTube over a billion views. A ton of great shows. Uh, catch the pinup art and style, Mitzi Vanel and Swella. And then uh, we also dove in with Ken Vella, Wicked Customs, out of Huntington Beach. There's a show episode on classic restoration tips. So get on over there. I do want to stand corrected. Uh, Hogan Racing. I want you guys to get on to the website, H A U G E N racing.com a whole slew of what matt hogan has done and what is a very young career so far uh we got to bring this cat in matt of matt hogan racing what are you doing <laughs> waiting to talk to you guys right on <laughs> yeah um a lot of buzz dude a lot of buzz going on and in looking at there's so much to cover uh i, I just got to say before we get into some of the cool sort of fast and furious drift racing Dude, you, you're a USC Master of Science in Entrepreneurship. Now, how did that all work out? Yes, sir. Yeah, so I, um, and I, it looks like we might talk about it a little bit, but I went to university. I went to undergrad at ASU. and Fear, the, of, fear the fork, baby. Fear the fork. <laughs> yeah, and what's funny is they're kind of, they have a bit of a rivalry, USC and ASU. So that's oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I mean, after that, I I wanted to go to grad school. My mom is actually has a Ph.D., um, and she is a college professor and very educated, much more educated than I am. And so it was just one of those things where it's like, oh, well, I have a Ph.D., so, I mean, you'll probably go to grad school. I mean, that would just be like going to high school, you know, like it's just required. <laughs> well, let me ask and you, so, a, lot, a lot of folks listening right now, Matt, can yep. can relate, a lot, a lot of our younger listeners, man, that they feel a little tension that mom and dad may have, you know, sort of this pre-planned situation. Was was that a little stressful for you at the time? You know, they were cool with, like, letting me do what I wanted to do um, within, like, ropes, let's say. So as long as I was, like, going to school and being, like, a good person, they're like, you can kind of do whatever you want to do. They were supportive. And I think that's how... Awesome. I think that's how my life went in a different direction than they probably thought it would. Because I think my mom imagined I would be working for, I don't know, Microsoft or some tech company and being like a high-level manager or something. And that's not what I'm doing, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But the point is they were supportive. When you say boundaries and ropes, they just wanted to see you moving forward is, is the whole idea. Exactly. Yeah. No, they just didn't want to see me sitting playing video games, you know, with my life or whatever it is, which is what I'm doing, oddly enough, now. (laughs) It's working. (laughs) Yeah, but you can get away with it. We're going to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) So coming out of uh, USC and sort of transitioning, sort of looking at a direction, uh, you know, drift racing doesn't happen overnight. What what caught your bug, man? What, What invigorated you to get behind the wheel? So I was honestly one of your typical Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift fanboys. Like, that truly is one of my favorite movies, still is. And I didn't know anything about drifting. I wasn't watching um, D1GP or even Formula Drift at the time. I didn't even know what Formula Drift was. And I went and tried. I went to this road racing uh, event down at uh, Indy Motorsports Ranch, which is south of us, south of both of us. Uh, kind of by Tucson in a way. And it's like a private racetrack, and we were doing this exercise, learning to control the car uh, when the back end comes out on you. So when you experience oversteer, how to correct it. 
and I was in my Genesis Coupe at the time, and I just mashed on the throttle and drifted around all the cones, like, in a big circle, and I was just like, this is, this is cool. I don't know what this is even, really, you know? What did I just but, do, but it felt right. good. Yeah. Yeah, and I just wanted to keep doing it, and I wasn't doing the exercise correctly, but I was having way more fun, <laughs> and... <laughs> From there on out, like, it just has been this crazy, it was like a, a hobby, then a super serious hobby, then truly like a, a second career. Um, I always had another business, either in automotive or outside, that I was doing. And then when I went to USC, I was in school um, and had Haugen Racing and was starting another business. Um, but now it's all Haugen Racing. Yeah, you went full time. So I, I think a lot of gigs start that way. It's like kind of this side gig, but that passion overtakes it. Um, you were certainly passionate at the beginning. What roadblocks? I mean, did you have people say, man, you're crazy. You can't do this. And like, how did you overcome that? So I was, you guys have probably heard this story before. I, I want to say it's common, but it's not common. It's impressive the guys who do it. But I was one of the people who wanted to do racing but also have another business and fund my racing with that business, but do racing at a professional level. Um, and so that was always kind of my life plan. Cause like when I talked to my, my parents or friends or even a couple mentors I've had in the past, um, we all just thought racing wasn't going to work for me full time, uh, that I would need to support it with something else. And so that was always kind of how I was looking at things until about, 11 months ago. So, so it, it's, it's, it was able to stand on its own. Um, you, you, you always treated it professionally from the get go, but that's really neat. Susie, we had Blake Alexander, uh, yes. NHRA, uh, amazing talent out of North Carolina, um, both funny car and the top fuel rail. And the dude's got a marketing degree. Yeah. He's, and, and you, it, you guys know if you're listening right now, don't ever, ever give up the passion. Don't ever, ever accept the no of what you can't do behind the wheel. But you better get it together. Otherwise, it's a lemonade stand. And that's kind of, Matt, I mean, that's kind of how you evolved this thing. You were able to support it because it ain't easy. Talk to us about the stress of trying to fund a team and seek out sponsors because that, that keeps a guy on the track. That keeps a gal on the track. How do you do that? I'm still trying to figure that out. I think you guys would know. I was like, that's why I came on here. I was like, I still have an answer to talk to like Listen, we're not people by now. We're not we're not selling any slick uh, how to fund one oh one. But I will tell you something, dude, that resonates uh, not only with Susie and I, but many listening. Look, let's face it, you know, Wrench Nation, you know, we're, we're whatever. We always say it's like singing in the shower. It's like you being behind the wheel oversteering, and it was just something that caught your bug, but our main gig is like, we got to fix cars properly, professionally, and we're in the same boat. And it's really cool to hear that from you because do you feel at times some of the folks that you meet may forget where they came from and they do come crashing down? Absolutely. Um, that, I mean, absolutely. Like, I, I, I see that all the time with, other pro drivers or YouTubers or things like that. And we haven't blown up yet. Like, I mean, we may have a small following and, and we're trying to get there, but it's like, that's what I always tell myself and tell my team is like, for example, when we're at events, um, 
we, I, I'm out in front of the booth, like talking to the fans. If there's sponsors there or partners or people that I should be talking to, I don't talk to them there. I'm like, you can call me or we can go grab dinner or we can go do something outside of the event. The event here is about the spectators and fans. And I don't know if this exactly relates to what you're saying, but I'm, I'm going on a tangent here, so this is important. <laughs> it's like, I, we cannot forget that. That the main thing is, like, if you're there for career-wise, then you're there for the fans and spectators. And that's what I tell my team and myself all the time. And that's what we've designed this whole Hogan Racing to be about. It's not about us. It's not about partners. Um, it's about putting on a show. And I don't ever want to lose that. You know, I don't want to ever get big, let's say, and then it's just about me or it's about this or that. It's always about entertaining and bringing those people in. And that's where I've gotten, that's where I've gotten the most back. Like, it gives me chills even talking about that. Like, I, I love it. Give well, me let me tell you, you, you're spot on. And, and I got to just say this. I'm going to get hate for this and I really don't care. I think, and I'm not mentioning other motorsports, certainly not NHRA, because NHRA is still connected with their fans. There's still that blood, sweat, and tears rolling off onto you to feel the moment and that experience. But I feel one of the reasons why that formula drift and drift racing at all levels is so popular because it's approachable. It's real raw, and you're in it. You're in that experience, and that's what life should be. Susie, that's what Matt's talking about. Well, yeah, that's impressive, and I would just say that's a badge of humble right there. Yeah. And, and you you are doing it. Now, we just got to remember, Frank, if we go out and see the race, we can't bother him. Ah, well, we're fans. <laughs> no, man, we're fans. He's yeah, going to be. You guys are friends now. I'm going to tell you guys. <laughs> no, well, we're saying, dude, we're fans of everybody on the show, and we're right there in with you. I mean, I, I, I think, I think community is community, but I got to bring up a point before we head to break. We're going to bring you back on as well, but I got to ask you this. You know, for younger entrepreneurs, including ourselves, after all, I mean, we're always learning every day. Like, you get to a certain point where it gets mind-boggling. Do you think those teams and, and those outfits that have really built success across the board, maybe their team isn't assembled right to understand that, hey, that driver's got to be front and center with the fans and not talking to whoever, you know, do you feel like you can kind of grow out of your britches and not assemble the proper team and grow with a team to handle that? Well, here, here's what happens in my opinion, right? And this is my opinion. Uh, it is so hard, especially in drifting, to get funding for the sport. We're not like on TV, like say NASCAR or Formula One or things like that. It's very popular, but the top of their mind is always getting money and trying to keep that money. And when you have a small pool of money, with not that many people in it, they're all just trying to get that same money. And that's kind of why I never wanted to go that same route. I always wanted to create something that stands on its own or fund it, right? And that's why I was doing another business. Now, I'm in the position, I don't want to take that money necessarily. I want to be in that position where we get to make those decisions because I think they've just gotten themselves to a point, and I can't blame them. They want to keep racing. They've gotten themselves to a point where they got to do what they got to do. And if that means, you know, having a dinner um, with all the sponsors and stuff instead of hanging out with fans so they can race next season, then it is. But I'm doing everything I can to never put myself in that position and, you know, fund this thing through YouTube ad revenue, brand deals, 
stuff like that. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. I want you guys to visit uh, Hogan Racing, H-A-U-G-E-N racing.com. Give some Instagram love. Head on over to YouTube. Give some YouTube love. Um, Hogan Racing is, is doing some amazing things. It's not easy uh, to keep, keep that cooking. And we're going to talk more about Japan. Mr. Matt's been to Japan. We want to know what it's like over there racing. Stay tuned. Wrench Nation next. Would you let them break us apart? No. Would you let them? Hey. I want my mileage back. Of course you want your mileage back. And all the extra money you've spent feeding an engine gunked up with carbon. Your car needs its fuel system cleaned, and it needs it now. You need BG44K. It's the one dealerships use the most. In fact, they use BG44K almost 3 to 1 over any other fuel system cleaner made. To find a shop near you, go to BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. I got my mileage back. BG. Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, nationwide locations. You know, one of the problems that I can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time. The quality isn't there. Well, guess what? Who's yelling at me? My clients, and they're likely not to come back. Well, the Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counter folks, a complete line of original equipment, parts that our customers deserve. If you're an installer, Get on to PartsAuthority.com. Check locations nationally near you. PartsAuthority.com. Right on. Welcome back. Big shout out to KFNX on the weekend. 88.7 and 90.7. The Neon. You guys rock for hanging with us. Now, no, we we get it. You guys come in and out. Podcast is uploaded on your favorite player, Ranch Nation Cards. You can catch that. As well as, man, come hang. RanchNation.tv or Facebook. You, you guys may have some questions. We may have an answer. We're not perfect. But if you have problems with your car, uh, get a hold of us uh, through those avenues. Susie's got to correct me before we bring Matt on, because Frank always, I can't get names straight. <laughs> Set the record straight. So, Matt, I'm going to say it's pronounced Haugen, right? Not Hogan? Yeah, Haugen. Haugen. I'm sorry, dude. That's like the, listen, they booger my name up. I got a whacked last name, and I just roll with it. And thank you for rolling with it. I do apologize. <laughs> it's all good. I'm not. A stickler about it at all. Yeah, it's, but I, yeah, I want to reiterate h a u g e n racing dot com. Please, family, get on over there. Uh, it's more than just a few pictures of drift racing. There's a whole vibe, a whole automotive life culture. Uh, before we get into Japan and the Japanese drift scene, which you've been a part of, man, you were a teenager, brother, and you were out in SEMA, uh, premiering several vehicles, as it were. Tell us how SEMA sort of made things cook for you, man, at what, 16, age 16? I think it was, like, 17. But, yeah, like, I was in high school, you know? Like, <laughs> this wasn't a career for me. I um, Let's see. So, at 16, I believe, was the first time I went to SEMA. And I didn't know anything about it, really. Um, but I got passes. Like, back then, it was a lot easier to get, like, passes to go inside, I think. Well, no, that's not true. No, that's not true. It's very easy now. But anyways, we got passes from a friend that was helping me do some work on the truck. And my dad and I went up there for like two days and walked around. And I was like, I want to have a vehicle in here. This is so freaking cool. I don't know why 16-year-old me thought I should or could have a vehicle in there. But that's just kind of the way I've always thought. I'm like, well, I want to try this. <laughs> so I was like, how do we do this? And I started talking to them. And we ended up, uh, I was already in the process of bagging the truck. 
and they're like, we think we could get that thing in there. And so they helped me get it in the show. It was in for a T-Rex, or not T-Rex bills, I apologize, um, for like a tunnel cover company. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. It's all good. Bottom like, line is that you you put you together. <laughs> you were, no, but it's a big, it's a big yeah. deal because, I mean, you say it now and always hindsight is always just kind of, yeah, nonchalantly. Right. But dude, I know you had some uh, uh, blood, sweat and tears, midnight burning of some oil trying to get all that together. Uh, the pressure was on. You said, I'm going to bring a vehicle, but what'd that take? I mean, that's a lot of work. Yeah, and at that point, I had a lot of, I, like, I was using other shops to help me and stuff, so I wasn't doing a whole lot of the work myself, because, I mean, I was in high school, like, and I was also doing sports, and at that time, I think I was competitively wakeboarding still, so it's not like in the being in the garage was something I was doing all the time, necessarily, so right. they helped me with that, and then from there on out, I just wanted to keep putting like my personal cars in SEMA was basically all it was. So I was like, <laughs> like every car I would get, I would just be like, Oh, well, let's try to get it in SEMA. And I had a couple that probably weren't all that worthy and they were outside cars. But then, uh, like three years later, I think I was like 18 or 19. No, I'm, I was 20 at that point. I think, um, I had three cars in there. Tell us uh, about the cars. People want to know what kind of cars did yep. you have? Yep. So, uh, as a Liberty walk, Lamborghini, Murcielago, um, my Hyundai Genesis Coupe, which was like my pro-am slash pro competition car, and then a Rocket Bunny Nissan 350Z. Um, that year was crazy. Like that, I I don't want to do that again. <laughs> Three cars, like that's so a big crazy. deal. Yeah, yeah. Tell I, us I about the hospital from stress, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but you pulled it off, and then what happens is you're like, okay. I can, I can, I can deal with that kind of pain. All right, well, I'm going to kick it up notches. What's because really, if you think about it, is how well we do with all the stress with jiggity with pain. And then the outcome is like, damn, I did it. And people kind of digged it. I didn't think they would dig it, but you know, it's really cool that you have that spirit. I mean, I, I think you almost need to vibe that way uh, to to sort of be independent. You'd say that there are a lot of naysayers out there, man, and there's a lot of negativity. Um, I use YouTube, for example. I, I know a lot of YouTube channel operators, if you will. Some are just telling their life story with the ability to just share and help others. And, and there seems like there's a whole world of freaking hate against what these people are trying to do. It ain't it, it ain't ever going to be perfect. How do you deal with that, man? I, I'll be super honest with you guys. I, I don't deal with you it ignore very it. well. I'm, I'm learning. Oh. No, I don't. I don't ignore it. And here's why. Ignoring for me is too cheap uh, because sometimes they may have a point and also people, other people come out and say ignorant stuff and they don't necessarily mean it and it was a mistake or whatever. And then some people are just quite honestly hating. But uh, I'll give you an example. So there's actually one that has been bugging me like crazy today. It was happening right before we got in here. And I was like, oh, great. Like, I was supposed to be in a good mood and cheery and be on this, you know, fun radio show. And I was. It was a highlight Frank, of we need day, to go but... into therapist mode now. That's okay. Speak, okay. Hey, no, listen, Matt, speak the truth, brother, because that's what counts. Go ahead. Yeah, and so there's this thing going around uh, by this page, and they're saying, they're making fun of me calling myself a pro driver, a pro drifter, rather, um, because we had a horrible rookie year in Formula Drift. My The shop helped me build my car at the time. Uh, didn't get it to me until before round three, and then it broke round three and round four. And so my rookie year of Formula Drift was horrible, and I don't blame them for saying I shouldn't call myself a pro drifter. But 
it's like if you if you don't like somebody, just ignore them, right? There's some people I really don't like, but I don't find the need to go comment on their posts and say that. You know, my team and I talk about it all the time. Like, why why do you have to go there? Why can't you just ignore them? So I don't know. For me, I'm learning to deal with the hate, and I don't have good advice for people because for me, everyone says ignore it. That's too cheap for me. I cannot do that because sometimes they have valid points that they make me think about stuff and I want to see. I think you're spot on right there. I mean, I think there's always a takeaway. I mean, we know that kind of hate that's like, like the devil kind of hate. Like we can tell those people where to go uh, quietly by not responding. But uh, I mean, I got to share with you. It's not about us. It really is about you. And we so appreciate you hanging with us, but you just, you just kind of invigorated me. It don't matter how long you've been doing this. We got a little YouTube channel and we get more hate. I mean, not more hate than love. I mean, we get our fair share of love. And really, I don't care. I don't care. But there are people that are like, you know, you're out to rip off the public because you're, of course, a mechanic. And like, I don't have, oh, yeah, there's that kind of Brie in the studio. It's like, what, really? That happens? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so my bottom line is this, without getting too much into it. I think in general, the message is this. And we heard this from Bogey. We've had a ton of guests on the show that have their take on how they deal with it. A, there's always something to grow from. And B, every freaking day is a new day and you're on a mission. And so to look at what somebody may say over here, that shouldn't stay in your head for that new day. Period. It shouldn't mess with your mind. Especially on the track, dude, we've had... We've had Formula One folks on, and that's like intense. Right. Uh, we had our, our gal who's Hall of Fame. I'm, I'm, I'm bad with names. You know that already, guys. But we asked the question, how do you prepare for a race? They're not thinking about hate. They're not thinking about any of that. That's behind them, and now it's strategy, tactic. In some occasions, zen. I mean, you got yeah. you got 100,000, depending on the circuit, but if you've got 100,000 fans out there... like. Like a basketball card, dude. You got to block that out. Right. So I appreciate, dude. You're straight up, and and it, I don't think you ever can write a book on how to deal with it either, Susie. No, I don't think so either. Was the young lady that you were speaking of? Was she the one that would eat Oreo cookies before the race? I, I think can't we've remember. had so many. Well, yeah, we've had, had that so way. many. Show number one forty. <laughs> what well, it doesn't matter. That's right. But Matt, I got to ask you, brother. So you started you started moving and grooving. You you okay? Rookie re- year was rough, but you came back. You ended up in Japan, and Japan is like, that's like the holy grail of drift racing. We know that. What's different over there, and, and, and what you, uh, what'd you do over there, man? So Japan, I actually was drifting in Japan um, just as, like as, an, as an enthusiast and pro-am guy before Formula Drift. When Formula Drift came around that year, um, I ended up bringing my Japan car over here and then stopped going to Japan. I haven't been there for like two years now. It sucks. <laughs> I miss it, but um, it was so. I mean, so I'm I'm fairly well traveled. I've been fortunate enough. Like my family brought me along, and I've I've been kind of all over the world. And, and it, but for whatever reason, Japan just like resonated with me. And not even the car stuff. For the first day when I went there, I just explored. I turned my phone off and I took the, the metro um, to a random stop. And I got off and I just explored for like 12 hours, literally. And I didn't have my map, anything like that. And just the fact I knew going in Tokyo was a safe city. So I knew I could do that. You know, you wouldn't do that in New York city or like 
even London, there's sketchy parts, right? But Tokyo sure. generally is a really safe city. And so I was like, I can do this here. I'm going to do it. I think it'll be fun. So I, was, I traveled to Japan by myself the first time. And that first day, I just explored. And I ate their food. I found, like, random little temples. And, like, I ended up finding some of the, like, big tourist attraction things just through walking. But for the most part, it was just seeing... I just like seeing how they live and, and seeing that they're not... Uh, they're not any different than us, really. And that, I've always found that in, like, every country I've been to. So even though, you haven't, even though you haven't been to Japan in a while, you did bring a mm-hmm. little Japan back with you in your little household, right? Oh, yeah, we got to talk about it. In the tune of four legs? All right, come on now. Everybody's yeah. got a four-legged creature in their house. Talk about your four-legged creature. <laughs> <laughs> Gaijin, yeah. So that was, like, I got him, like, two months ago, actually. Um, I wanted... I, I've wanted a dog for a long time, and... Uh, guys, I'm like, so my heart is like on my sleeve. So if I'm too open, just tell me to no. shut up. Like, no, man, it's go good. It's it. all good, man. So what's yeah, the name I, of the dog? Let's reset here for folks. What's the name of the well, dog? Well, first of all, let's talk about the name of the breed. Okay. Okay. Japanese chin. It's a Japanese chin. <laughs> a Japanese chin. That's the breed. If small you, dog, big small dog. Small dog, look okay. it up. So cute. And then, Matt, you named him What'd or you her name? Gaijin. Gaijin, yeah, means outsider. And it was, I, my introduction to it was from Tokyo Drift. They called the, um, Sean in there, the driver, they called him a guy, Jin. And it's, it's kind of a derogatory term, but I did some more research on it before I named him guy, Jin. Cause I was like, man, if that means like, <laughs> I don't want to use a bad word, but jerk, like I'm not just going to call him jerk. It literally just means outsider. And then it can be used as a derogatory term if it's said with a certain tone or something like that. But I thought it was perfect cause he's. A little Japanese. I mean, I got him in Texas, right? But his breed is Japanese. Mm-hmm. And so he's like an outsider here. I've always felt like an outsider in every community I've ever been a part of. Like, I, I have not found my home. I don't think I ever will. I think I'm one of those people that's like just kind of on his own, you know? <laughs> it's all so, good, man. I mean, I, I think. I was like, it's perfect. Me and Gaijin, the outsiders together. That's, that's it. How I, yeah. How I so that. can we catch Gaijin on YouTube? He does make appearances sometimes. Oh, cute. <laughs> there we go. I, I just could see you, Matt. Like, dude, do you have a do you have a sweatshirt yet with Gaijin? Like hashtag guy or something? Are you selling anything there? I I don't have any Gaijin merch yet. Dude, I, you I, need so to I'm do the Gaijin merch. But I know I need. God damn it! Yeah, <laughs> it's all good. Hey, I want you I want you to stay tuned. We want to talk about this past year. Uh, God, this show could go on and on, man. There's so much that you've done. But I want you guys to stay tuned. During the break, please head on over to uh, H-A-U-G-E-N Racing.com. Check out some of the great things that Matt and his whole team are doing. Stay tuned, Rich Nation. Over the years as a service operator in the automotive industry, owning my own shop, boy, that's a lot of responsibility. Well, if you're part of a network, a network that truly makes a difference by the way of the programs it has, like a nationwide warranty, roadside assistance reimbursement, and customer retention, targeted marketing, well, that's going to put you in a different league. You are now armed up and ready to go with a network of other shop owners throughout the country. And by the way, the technical training is stellar and top-notch. Get your technicians to actually train on their time 24-7 with an amazing slew of technical training programs. The Pronto Smart Choice Service Center program is something I invite you guys, if you're in the automotive industry, take a peek at it. Pronto-net.com. 
pronto-net.com. Rich Nation family, always enjoy hanging out with you guys. Once you get in on YouTube, uh, Hogan Racing, uh, H-A-U-G-E-N. I got to spell it out just for my sake. Why? Because you keep saying Hogan, not I, Hogan? I, I, you know, I want you, but there's a, there's a YouTube uh, channel that I want you to check out. A lot of you, check out the Low Budget Drift Build, Episode 1, New Car Reveal, some insight. A lot of you kind of thought about it. Uh, it's definitely an approachable sport, but as you go, you kind of probably should organize yourself a little bit. And we got Matt on with the Yeah, and then you get Hogan. to see Matt on YouTube because when I when, remember, Matt, when I called you, you asked me if it was going to be audio and video. And I said, no, just audio. <laughs> and then you said, darn it, because I'm really good looking. A video would have been nice. <laughs> I love that. That's it. Um, and we appreciate your time, Matt. And, and I, I want to dive into some of this because I think um, one of the things that we missed out on, you had mentioned, I think we can all resonate with is, you know, how do you how do you do with sort of not so much like what others think, like we can get over that. But one of the things to overcome some negativity is some really good mentoring You've got a solid base, man, behind some of the mentors that you you've you've been lucky to kind of talk to us about that. And and I got to shout out your dad, dude, Larry. Um, I'm sure Larry was a great part of your inspiration coming up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as of right now, especially with COVID going on, and then me being out of school, like he is pretty much my only mentor right now. He's my dad, but <laughs> he's a good mentor. Though. I mean, he was an entrepreneur himself, and. He did computer software, so no relation to cars or anything like that. But just talking about, like, general entrepreneurship and things like that, um, he's awesome for it. Yeah. So how so. does your dad um, maybe direct you on how to hate, I mean, how to how deal to deal with, with the haters? The hate. Yeah. Yeah. So he doesn't. He knows me well enough. He knows that telling me to ignore him doesn't work. So he really is, at this point, is more just of an ear. Like, I just can kind of talk to him about it, and then I work through it myself for the most part. Um, but, yeah, he just kind of helps me talk through it, because when I talk to other people, they're just like, oh, I just ignore it. And right. It don't work for me. we got to dive into COVID. COVID is affecting all of us, and, and a big shout-out to Andrew Schulte. You probably know Andrew. Uh, local. Yeah, Andrew yeah. Schulte has been on. He's he's an amazing, amazing individual, and, and this year has been rough by way of just kind of getting on the track more often, and and, you know, I, I don't want to say sponsors and, and, and dollar monies are, are first and foremost, but for a lot of teams, like, we, we, need, we need that support. And mm-hmm. what has been your biggest challenge, man, is, is, is sort of in the drift scene for you this past year? The biggest challenge for us this year has been, uh, so February, January, my, my other business shut down. It wasn't in automotive. Is actually in uh, mental health care. And I was using that. It was a startup that I started in grad school, and I was using that to kind of fund Haugen Racing and build up another business there and then try to do both. Um, but that shut down right before COVID, actually, not COVID-related. And then I had the chance to do uh, YouTube. Like, you know, I really had no, I had no other thing I could do, really. I'm sorry, I'm at a loss for words, but... It was either do YouTube and try to make Hogan Racing work um, or go get a job and use my degree, you know, go be a manager or something. And I was like, I got to give this a chance. And so I think the way COVID has really impacted it is collabs are really beneficial for YouTube. Uh, if you guys don't know, 
Um, For that, sure. That's how a lot of people build channels. Yeah. They go, you know, they go to a larger channel or one just maybe slightly bigger than them, do a couple of videos together, and it kind of reveals them, pushes subs over, and the algorithm takes you, and then you're off to the races. Um, in theory, right? But we sure. haven't been able to do any collabs because of COVID. And I am, I, like, I had to move back home uh, when my business shut down. And so I'm around my parents, and they're older, so I really have to take it seriously. We still do. We haven't been able to do any events, no collabs, and it's probably no one but, you know, whatever your higher power is, nobody but he probably knows uh, how much impact COVID has had on Highland Racing because that would have helped significantly, getting some subs in there, getting us in the algorithm, things like that. So, yeah, it's been kind of devastating. The great thing is, though, because we do YouTube videos, we still been able to shoot those, and it's just me and uh, my small team, and we're around each other, and yeah, that's kind of we've just been. Trying I, to do I think it. I think I will share with you. I, I've been through September 11th in business. I've been through just the 08 correction, uh, which was just a financial storm, and all through that, one thing that stayed with me, and I get it. You're right. You gotta in, in the world of YouTube, you gotta collaborate. There's you, you know there's a certain uh, strategy for algorithms and stuff. But man, I'm just going to keep it simple. What's worked for me, and I think worked for a lot of folks, maybe, I know what works for me, every freaking day is a new day, man. You know, and a lot of folks right now, it, that's not easy, Susie, to just say, because I just lost a loved one. I just mm -hmm. lost a business. How dare you just roll that off your tongue like it's easy peasy. But if you're to give yourself hope for what your passion is, Yesterday's done, man. Yep. Every day's a new day, and uh, you ain't done, my friend. Uh, so let's talk about that. 21, <laughs> what is on the horizon, man? I know you're planning and plotting, and maybe maybe there's some things you can't reveal, although everybody reveals it on Rich Nation. Um, what's the plan for 21, brother? So I'm going to relate kind of what you're saying and then to my plans for 2021. Something I can't remember if a mentor told it to me or if I found it on the internet, whatever it is, but I have it written on like my, my little poster board above my computer. But it says, create a story worth telling. Uh, that's something I try to tell myself every day. That's what I want to keep doing. I really, one of my things is I, I love some of, some of the entrepreneurs we had come in at USC were just unreal. Like, I've made so much money, so successful, all this stuff. And they have a cool story that's worth telling. And, like, for me, life isn't worth living unless I can end up with a cool story that's worth telling. So 2021, on a broad basis, is just geared around giving myself the opportunity to create a story worth telling, right? And so getting Hogan Racing working. Um, I don't think we're going to be competing next year. I don't have the money to do it. And it makes more sense financially to focus on the YouTube and merch. I'm hoping we can do events. Right, like, but we're not going to do events until COVID's basically gone. I can't take the risk uh, being yeah. around my parents and other loved ones. But it, it's interesting. Like, 2021 could change, like us, like for us instantly. I mean, we're talking about doing a TV show. Um, I mean, like you said, everything comes out on Wrench Nation, right? So we're, That's right. we're trying to plan a TV <laughs> show called uh, Drifting Across America. Um, I don't have it trademarked, so if any of you listeners want to do Drifting Across America, go for it. 
<laughs> we're still going to do it. Um, so I want to basically, I want to make a TV show and we're working on it right now, getting partners together for it. And we've actually already pitched it to a couple um, channels, but it basically be going and drifting these like road racing, Formula One tracks, vintage race car tracks. I think like Laguna Seca, Cota, all these tracks that don't allow drifting, figuring out how to go on there and drift and talk about the history of the track and just kind of, I really would like to bring drifting, help bring drifting more to the mainstream. I mean, I, I have a small voice right now, but I think if we get a TV show, that would be a pretty big voice. And I think it'd be cool to just show that, like, it's just another cool way to enjoy horsepower and enjoy stomping a throttle down. So that's probably my biggest thing I'm trying to do in 2021 is pull that off. Uh, we're building a RB26 swap Tacoma right now, so we're going to get into off-roading. Um, that nice. kind of got held up because of COVID, but I mean, really all in all, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. <laughs> That's what you got to do. Yeah. And, and you know, Matt, yeah. listening to you and, 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 and certainly an honor to, to have you on the show and, and share your journey with uh, many of your, uh, fans of Wrench Nation. A lot of times that outer voice can be sort of, I don't know, we're off key, but man, keep that inner voice brother. Cause that's what you got. And no matter what happens, It'll all work out. And it's really cool that you're able to share that journey because in the end, it don't matter. It don't matter what widget we're selling. If we can't share the journey and, and sort of inspire others, Susie, at the end of the day, man, that's what it's about. That's right. And I'm going to my mama mode is going to come into play here. OK, I'm going <laughs> to let that. you know this, Matt. <laughs> in life, you're always going to have emotional immaturity, challenge, emotional maturity. Just remember that it's your race. You have to keep running that race. And don't let anybody ever distract you from that, because only you can win or lose. Wow, that means so much, honestly. That's, that's <laughs> Mama Susie. So it's Mama yeah. Mama Susie Sockets right it. here. Uh, we I so this, I feel like this po- this radio show is like somewhat somber because of me. I apologize for that guy. No, like, it's not. Know, we do no. comedy on our YouTube channel. I can be funny. I promise. Dude, no, we because it's only honestly because it's only an hour. <laughs> um, you know, we we got some stuff coming in in twenty one uh, that we we want to explore and open up a little bit because there's no way we could do Matt Hogan Justin's with you know four segments. I mean, really, we should be hanging for a few hours. And I, I just want to share with you, it's an honor, dude. And you 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 said a lot here. Uh, lastly, because we're running out of daylight, but I got to ask, anti Hogan Hogan Club, what is that all about? So. That is the only thing I've probably ever, like, kind of ripped off, and I'll willingly admit it. There's Anti-Social Social Club. They're, like, a streetwear brand. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So during, during, I've always loved that brand. And maybe two years ago, I was getting a, a bunch of hate. I can't remember what it was for at this point. So I worked through it. <laughs> but, That's um, it. I well, I'll like, tell you what. After the show, Susie and I are going to get on to hogginracing.com. And we are going to purchase. Yes, we are. We're oh gonna we're gonna represent some swagger. That's right. And trust me, dude, we're gonna see each other, all of us, on the track soon because we're all itching, itching. And uh, itching. anything that we can do for you, man, our Ranch Nation family's with you always. Well, I, I need to drive down there with Guy Jin and just bring you guys. A oh, please well, do. I, I tell you, we do Andrew Schulte get because Andrew's up the street. Maybe right. we can coordinate. We'll just, you know, we'll just hang at the garage, uh, you know, talking life or what have you. And yeah, we need more comedy. Next time you come on, we'll crack some more jokes up in here. <laughs> <laughs> man, Matt, 
Hogan Racing. Hogan Racing. Please, family, support Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, man. There's a channel that's vibing. Matt, an honor to have you on, and uh, we enjoy you, man, coming on the show. No, the honor, honestly, is truly is mine. Like, thank you guys for having me. Thanks, I mean, man. Rock on, guys. We're trying our best just to create something big, but we're not there yet. It's, it's all good. Cool to be on here. And it's the journey, man. It's the journey. Yeah. We're with you, man. That's right. Trust us on that. Uh, big shout <laughs> out you. to Frank Lambert, a listener of the show. We got to meet him. He came by Desert Car Care. Bam! Help them out with his car. As I tell you every week, be safe. Hug each other. Never forget to hug a mechanic.